Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. So believe it or not, I'm excited for a change to do this episode because a topic came up that I was extremely interested to discuss, and I'm going to share it. First, I'm going to give a personal update because I think it's important to keep you in the loop about what's happening here at casualtalkradio.net. By the way, my name is Leister. Welcome if you're new. Welcome back, and thank you if you're not. Here's the personal update. So the game plan now, I'm, I'm in a hotel And if you're new, you don't know why I'm in a hotel. I'll get to that in a second. I'm in a hotel this week through Thursday, I think. Thursday. Tomorrow, I have to pick up a van. The van, I'm going to bring it here and use it to load the remainder of the stuff that I still have here so that I can get ready for this drive that I've got to do to a different place. So that's what's on deck now, number one. The reason I'm in a hotel for when you're new, I have an unwanted guest in the master a rat, a really large rat. Now, there was a different rat, and I'm I'm almost confident. I can't fully prove it because I didn't have a camera at the time I first saw this one. I think that there were two rats, but I can't prove this because I'm pretty sure the one I saw had to be like two feet freaking long. Long. The tail was long. The body was pretty massive. But this one that I've seen recently, he's nowhere close to that. He's got to be like a, maybe a foot and a half. Tiny, he's not crazy, he's not mouse size, but he's not what I saw before with the tail. So now I'm wondering, was I going nuts with the first one? Or was it like a mother about to give birth? Well, if it's a mother, I've only seen the one rat otherwise. And I know it's the one because what happened is I had some, you know, you put stuff underneath the door jam to keep him getting out. He chewed through this when I was away and he crawled, he not crawled, but he ran through this hallway that I've got to another adjacent room. Now, the weird thing about that room, it's completely empty, but I have a camera trained at some of the windows and it walked by the camera. So I'm like, wait a minute, how the heck did he get in that room? Cause it's like completely across the other side of the house. And I knew this guy was in this other place. So seeing that happen. And then he apparently dashed back into the master after this. I don't know why he did that. Cause he got free. Now I'm wondering, okay, He's not trying to get out. He's clearly not trying to get food because he never went into the kitchen. He never went anywhere where there's any semblance of food. He just wants to stay in the master. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't even know what to think now. But all right, I have a new uh, trap, not trap, but like a, uh, it's a setup. Basically, I have a, it's one of those floor mats for your office chair. I have a spare one and it's hard plastic. And I have that set up to where you can't get out through the door at all because he can't chew the death. Then I had some uh, traps. His tail got caught in one, and he was dragging it across the floor, and I saw him on the camera that I had set up now. Hilarious. I get home. I check it, and he's hiding underneath the, uh, the, the dresser with the trap hanging out. 
And I'm thinking, okay, I got you because your tail's trapped. I try to grab it and he slips out of the trap. I'm like, okay, so the trap didn't work. And this is the second time he's tripped that trap. And for whatever reason, it never caught him. And then he was able to get out through chewing. So I'm like, okay, now you're really getting on my nerves. But I know it's the same one because the size is the same. I see it on the camera. Okay, so either that mother just dropped the guy off and left or I'm going nuts. So now what I have is I tried the peaceful route. I, I tried the safe route. I tried, the, I tried to do it. I tried the, you know, the humane, whatever. The thing is I got to get rid of this guy because I need to leave. So I've got a bait trap. It's one of those um, plastic deals, like a hotel kind of thing, that's got the bait in there. And then I put a piece of bait underneath one of the dressers that I know he always goes through to hopefully entice him to take a bite. And then he would, you know, go off and die somewhere. He's either going to die inside the home or he's going to die somewhere else. I don't care, but he's got to go because we're not going to have this. And I verified that there's no other rat anywhere in the place. It's just there. And for whatever reason, only in the master, which makes no dang sense. Then I figured out how he got in. I looked, so I had a washer dryer over, and this is near the room that he got to, had a washer dryer over in the corner. And I happened to be walking by and I noticed they have, they were gas and I can't stand this, but they had gas underneath the gas line piece. The drywall was, there's an opening underneath it. And I'm pretty sure that wasn't there. And I saw the little granules on the ground and I'm like, okay, he probably somehow chewed his way through this piece to get in and then made a beeline for the master. I don't know what it is about the master that caused him to take up shop there because he could have sit anywhere else. The only thing I can think of, the other two, three, technically four, rooms that are there, there's nothing in them. But the living room has all sorts of stuff where he could have set up shop. There's the office. He could have set up shop there. There's the kitchen. There's food like crazy there. There's a garage. He could have set up anywhere else where there's food and chose not to. My summary, it's an unwanted guest. And I don't know why it's here. And I don't know why it went to where it went. But I need to get out of here enticed by this business so the van is for me to collect the rest of my stuff and fortunately the master's already cleaned out effectively there's nothing else i need to keep there except for some stuff that's in the master bathroom which he never went into don't know <laughs> and in the closet which he never went into it's the weirdest thing i've never seen a rat be so picky about what damn room they're going to so anyway that's what's going on deck and so i you know i've been in the hotel because i have no place to sleep Topic, I have gone through various college and non-college programs, classes, uh, personal experiences, mostly for just checking the box. And, you know, I've taken some sociology type things. There's, if you don't know, um, Vivek Ramaswamy, he's one of the presidential candidates out there that's really getting a chatter because he's, 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 Coming across like Obama, but he's different in the sense that he understands certain things that Obama did not want to. He feels and believes certain things to be true, and it's clear that he's strong about them. Now, some people have said that some of his speeches might be chat GPT generated. I don't know if that's true. I will say he's very well spoken. I will say he delivers a message very well. I will say he comes across as believable. I will say that he is a he has a presence. Uh, when you look at all the other candidates up there, they come across as stodgy, you know, old, the old school, the old guard, GOP, 
grand old party, right? So when he's up there, he stands out. And then the thing with him, they asked the question, you know, do you still support President Trump, former President Trump? And he was the only one to raise his hand quick. And he says, yes, I absolutely support Trump. Trump had it right. Trump was the best president we had. He, he openly said this. He wasn't afraid. Of, you know, some of the other ones, they, they, you know, back at the time, they would say, yeah, Trump is the one we want and Trump's saving us and Trump's doing this. And then after the whole January 6th and everything, they all turned on him. Why? Because they were out for themselves. He comes in and he's like, no, all this is garbage. He was the best president we have and this is what we should have. And because you know what he's doing. He's setting himself up if he doesn't win to be the vice president. He chosen the vice president because Mike, Mike Pence, the story on this, if you didn't know, when Donald Trump, when the election happened and everything else and Joe Biden didn't even campaign and yet all of the other Democrat candidates backed down and gave it to Joe Biden, even though he hadn't campaigned. All of a sudden, we get the whole voting and elections and everything's kind of sketchy because numbers are shifting and they go for like days and weeks and everything and nothing makes any sense. And then apparently they call it for Joe Biden and they're saying, nope, it's Joe. And Trump says, no, it's a, uh, you know, they, they stole it. They stole it. They robbed it. And then what's supposed to happen, and this is enshrined in our, in our rules, what's supposed to happen is the vice president is ultimately one who certifies all of these different election results. And they say, we certified it and we accept what has happened and we'll go forward. There is, or was, the ability for the vice president to refuse, to refuse to certify. Mike Pence was out there and he refused to answer the question whether he would or not. And then on the day, he refused to do it and said he was advised he didn't have the right to do it. Okay. After this all happened and Trump saying, you know what, he's a traitor, he did all this. After this, and this was like, I want to say last year sometime, Nancy Pelosi and others pushed to get a, a, the laws changed to where the basically turning it into symbolic, that it's only symbolic for the vice president to read the certified election results and the vice president doesn't have the right to do anything with it, which Trump came out recently and said that was an affirmation that he did have the right to overturn the results if he wanted to. He had the power. He was the only one. He had the power to block what happened and he got bad advice. This is Trump speaking. So them passing a law saying that you can't is an affirmation that he could have. Okay, so then Ramaswamy's coming in now with Trump dealing with all the absolute nonsense stuff that he's dealing with. Ramaswamy comes in and he's saying all the right things. Now, I do think in my personal opinion that he is he's disruptive enough where it's unlikely he would win. And you're like, what do you mean? He's so disruptive in how level set he is, how basic he is, how fundamental he is. He's fundamental through and through balls to bones. You know, and one thing he talked about, and this is what I want to talk about here today, he talked about this idea of a nuclear family. I don't know that the people listening to him now are old enough to appreciate or understand what he meant by a nuclear family, and I thought I would talk about it because the nuclear family concept is, let's say, the nucleus, of everything else he was talking about, really. So I'm going to give you a couple of statements here. And these come from basic definitions, and I encourage you to look this up. Quote, a nuclear family is a family unit consisting of an adult male and female and dependent children. It is regarded by some sociologists, in particular functions, as the basic universal form of family structure. Stop. So you've heard the story, I'm sure, the idea 
It's a mom, it's a dad, it's some kids, a dog, and a white picket fence, right? The nuclear family has all these components that are kind of assumed. And I would even extend that definition a little bit, that there's an assumption that you have a male child, at least one, and a female child, at least one, a mom, a dad, and they're living together. They're married, may not be fully happily, but they're married. But the thought process around this, there's a lot to consume. This whole concept of a nuclear family, it started a long time ago in what's referred to as the Industrial Revolution. The Industrial Revolution is when we, as a society, shifted away from being heavily into farming. So you talk about farming is obviously still a thing, but at one point it was the dominant thing. If you read old newspapers, regional newspapers, you'll see stories about how Farmer Joe down the road just bought three new pigs and this, that. It was, it was kind of the center point. When these people came out of the wars, they would go and get land and start farming because they didn't have skills otherwise. But they could at least contribute in order to, you know, get money and they were building generational wealth. After this period, and we get into now industrial, so now we're talking where you know, the electronics eras come in and we talk nuclear and oil and coal and all of these, you know, fine metals, rare metals, all of these different things become more and more in demand. During this period, steam engines, all this comes in. Now there's more jobs showing up, but they require you go to those city centers in order to find them and to be able to work them and work close to them. I would even wrap in military. I'll get to that here in a second. But when they do this transition away from a focus on farming to a focus on now industrial type work, it was always positioned that you're going to now work as young people and as regular people. And sometimes the kids would, you know, the paper boy, right? Same concept. What we would see during this era is that people would hold off on getting married. People would hold off on having kids. People would hold off on building the family because they were focused on what? The work. Because they had to support a household and they had to get to a point where they felt like they could. Well, the result when they were doing this part is a decline in growth, a decline in the growth of populations to support all this new opportunity that was happening. The thought was we need to have more growth more growth of people. Growth of people also contributes to what? Tax revenue. Let's be honest, right? So now when they look at the numbers, they're saying, no, this was, this was the strongest way we could move forward. This is where now military comes into play and they start pitching this notion of when you enlist, because a lot enlisted when they were really young, often fresh out of high school, and the military would offer benefits for full families places to live, land, the GI Bill. And there's a whole story about the GI Bill I won't bore you with. Point is, they would really position family, strength of family. The churches would, would position strength of family. You started, you started hearing more of this messaging around the strength of family. When we got to a world where, you know, the breadwinner, the male breadwinner goes off to work and now we have mom and she has the children to take care of at the home and she's, you know, homemaker or whatnot becomes a trade. If you look at old censuses, you'll see that a lot of the women 
would list themselves as the housewife or the homemaker or home care or something else because that was the only job that they could do at the time. They had to take care of the children growing up. So during this era, they were working really hard to make that structure work. And as a result, you saw a, a closeness, a bond between all of the entities that then permeated down generations. You saw that through generations, there was this concept of family and family first and looking through the family lens as opposed to single lenses. Later, we start seeing an increase in capitalist society and mentalities. In capitalism, it's always been focused and fixated on the idea that property is common, right? Common law, you've heard, I'm sure, property is common. If you're in a marriage, the property is owned by the family. It's owned by basically that estate, quote unquote. Prenuptials become a thing because there are disputes amongst those in the family. But by default, property was consumed as a family. A house is lived in by a family and so on. And so it's collectively owned. Now, fast forward and we get into inheritances. Now we talk about people are passing down wealth, passing down land. This then creates a new cultural thought process. When, let's say, J.D. Rockefeller, somebody else, Warren Buffett, whoever, there becomes a desire to embrace family as a continuation of a legacy that was inherited as part of a family, nuclear family, that was created at some point in the past, right? You have Donald Trump is a great example, right? You have family ties way above you and the desires to continue the lineage, continue the family line, continue the legacy all the way down, and then encourage the kids underneath you to find somebody special and be wed. In the very much olden days, this took the form of what? Arranged marriages. It took the form of we need to kind of force the issue. Obviously, in the United States, that would never fly in the modern era, but that was common. And so now, as time has passed and we start seeing more of a shift away from the so-called nuclear family, people are struggling more than we expected. Women who are single and not in a nuclear family have a harder time in multiple ways. They have a harder time in the job place. They have a harder time getting equality on salary, harder time being equally treated in sports, harder time being equally treated when they're shopping. They just have it harder all the way around. When they have a child and they're a single parent, it's even harder because now you have to care for two mouths and somehow make it work with single income. If you're a father, a single father, so just male side, not with the female on there, single father, you have to deal with the discrimination. You have to deal with the perception of failure. The perception of failure is, well, why are you a single father? How is it that you have a kid and you were not, you didn't marry that woman that you had a child with? The perception is that you must have done something wrong. On the woman's side, it's similar, but not the same. On the woman's side, it's you must be some kind of a whore or a mistress or something else, you know, shady or sketchy. On the male side, it's just that you're garbage. You're a, a gigolo, a playboy. In some cases, limited cases, you get respect if you're taking care of the child that you reared, but not always. It's always kind of expected that you're going to be a couple taking care of children together. Your peers and family may judge you as a part of this. Bottom line, though, the nuclear family is perceived as the best way to ensure a strong society. Statistically, they've looked and they said, 
when you don't have a nuclear family, it's harder to maintain the mental and emotional health of the children because they're, they are raised best when you have a healthy family household, even if it's not by blood. But the idea that there's a male and a female together in a family married, joined by bond, contributes to a strong, healthy, emotional state for the children. When it's just the one, they can try as hard as they can. I can speak to one part of this, which is sometimes those children crave the other side. If you have a single mother, they sometimes crave that father figure. I've seen that time and again. It's, it's ingrained in who we are to crave those two sides. And if we're lacking one, it's not, it's not helpful. Now, there's a flip of this. And some of the criticism of the nuclear family is when situations come up where the family is, not, is dysfunctional, is not working together. There's physical abuse. There's verbal abuse. There may be alcoholism, drugs, anything else that you can think of. Or let's say a parent puts their child up for adoption for whatever reason that they do. In those situations, a child might be born into a nuclear family, but then it doesn't stay together, doesn't stay formed, doesn't stay healthy. That may cause just as much, if not more harm, than not having that at all. Also that's leaning on this is the idea of same-sex marriage. I believe it's Elton John, and there's a couple of others, but Elton John comes to mind immediately, where they're you know, a gay couple, and then they adopt children because they want to have kind of the semblance of a nuclear family. But for the child, the perception isn't the same because you have you don't have the mother in that regard, or if it's two women, you don't have the father figure that we're coded to desire. And so how does that influence the, the child as they grow up? Does the child grow up seeking those things? I close this whole spiel by sharing a message that I saw on social media about children, very young children, who were encouraged because they were feeling gender dysphoria for whatever reason that they did and were on the verge of suicide and were encouraged to go undergo this uh, transformation of their bodies, which I refer to as mutilation. I would want people to consider, as those listening, I would want you to consider, if you think of the nuclear family as a bad thing, consider why. Consider why it makes you feel that way. What is it about the nuclear family that bothers you? I'd love to hear from you. Casualtalkradio.net, hit the contact form. If you think the nuclear family is great or good or positive, I also want to hear from you. I'd like to hear thoughts because the concept of a nuclear family is compelling. As Again, assuming that it lasts and that it maintains and persists, and that's a, that's a hard thing. It's a job. It's a job in of itself. And not every man, woman, and child can pull it off. It takes a perfect storm. I would argue it takes a neighborhood to help raise children. You kind of have to have, you know, your kids, friends, parents kind of playing a little bit of a part. Your teachers, your kids, your teachers should play a part. I mean, there's all these different aspects that play a part in the wealth and well-being overall of that nuclear family. The last bit on that around the neighbor. I think we're at a society now that is disconnected, afraid to talk to each other. We're no longer as communal as we once were. And that may harm the potential for making this a success. Because if you don't have that bond and you're not able to maintain that bond, communication, talking on the phone, and then sharing physical space, you're not going to be able to make a nuclear family work. 
If any of this bothers you, I do apologize for it bothering you. But these are things to think about. Because when you hear Ramaswamy talk about the nuclear family, and he is so positive in praise about it, it's because of what he's seen and what he's heard and what he knows. And that is at one point, the nuclear family was a very strong contributor to a strong society, and that can only help everybody involved. That's all we've got here today on Casual Talk Radio, Gentleman's World. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care, and I will see you on our next upload.